welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition, a podcast about those who chase their dreams and their passions. I have a very special guest, fellow Brooklynite. She's a celebrity. She's a celebrity uh, makeup artist. Her clients are Ava Duvernier, uh, Diddy's son Quincy, June Ambrose, Yvonne Orgy. That's how you pronounce her name? Yvonne Orgy? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. From Insecure, Little Rel, um, Candy Burris, uh, Angela Bassett, Terry Crews. Lisa Price, and you know, Justine Sky, and a whole other, <laughs> on a whole lot of other people that she does their makeup. Please welcome Kamara, a unique. What up, girl? Hey, hey, Kel. <laughs> thank you for having me. Girl, thank you, thank you. I know we've been mm-hmm. homies for years. Um, yeah. And I'm, I feel really, you know, blessed and privileged that I'm talking to you right now about to you about to share your journey with me the good the bad and ups and downs so i really appreciate you for taking time out to get on this podcast with me girl i appreciate you even asking me to be a part of it it's a big thing it's a big deal hell yeah man i'm trying (laughs) i'm trying to be like you when i grow up girl (laughs) anyway um i usually ask my guests you know one you know start off questions like Take me through your journey in terms of where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, and mm. what you majored in school. And, you know, we could go from there in terms of how you get to where you are now. Sounds good? Yeah, sure. All right, girl. Sure. So go ahead. Okay, cool. So I'm from Brooklyn, New York, originally. Brooklyn. Um, yeah. <laughs> originally born and raised in Brooklyn in Flatbush. Um, my family is from Trinidad. And I went to school. You mean College. Yeah, I mean, so I, I went. Okay, I went to um, I went to New York City College of Technology. So I okay. stayed here in New York. I kind of wish I went away for college. Sometimes I'll be thinking about it. Like, damn, I wish I went to H H whatever H B. How y'all call it? HBCU. HBCU. <laughs> I mean, listen. No, <laughs> I wish I went to one because I'm like, oh, I wish I knew about that when I was growing up. Right. Um, but I didn't, so I stayed here in New York. Um, for school, and I went to school for dental lab technology, so I could make you a mean denture. Wow! So yeah. that's what you did in in college, dental lab technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when you graduated, is that what you did? Um, no, I actually got bored and did not complete it. I was like, "This is boring. I'm not going to actually want to do this. This is not going to make me enough money." So I'm not going to complete school. I'm going to leave and I'm going to go work in retail. Oh, Oh, so you dropped out of college. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Wow. After how long? Um, Probably like about after two years I was in. Yeah, about two years. So how was your work experience in retail? Um, Retail was fun. It was humbling. It was my way of growing. It was um, teaching me how to connect with people and how to sell Mm -hmm. it also taught me that um it also like pushed me into makeup okay that's how how you got up into makeup i honestly didn't even know i remember i was working for um i was working for this for macy's in herald square and i was working at the um beautiful planet 
location, which where they sold all organic. So this is years ago when organic and um, clean, eating clean and clean products were coming out and green products were finally coming out for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I was um, there selling, but then I was right in between the two Mac locations at Herald Square. So I would see girls from Mac walking past me every single minute to get product from one one location to help a client and bring them to another location like I was watching them walk past me and I was so inspired by them and I was like damn I want to be a Mac girl like I really want to be a Mac girl I want I want to learn from these girls and so with Beautiful Planet we had makeup there so I would practice you know the makeup that we had on on clients and I remember doing one client and she cried and she was like you made me feel so pretty by just putting the shadow on my eyes and I was like wow wow this is something yeah, and I was like, this is something. And I was like, okay, let me figure out a way. And I used to ask the young ladies at MAC if they could teach me how to do makeup. Mm. And at that time, they weren't the nicest people. Um, and so they would, they would like, play, like, they would show me like a little thing here and there, but then they wouldn't, it would be like, girl, get away from me. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, they would treat me so bad. But you keep nagging like, them or something? You keep, like, nagging not, them? Not nagging, but just asking to learn. And I think because everybody felt like, why is this girl asking to learn? Like, if you don't know how to do makeup, then you don't know how to do it. It was one mm-hmm. of those types of things. And so um, I met a guy, moved to North Carolina for three months, left Essay, left, um, me, left, left Macy's, moved to North Carolina. To be um, with this guy? to be with this guy and literally started working at Belk's out there and I worked and that's when S.A. Lauder hired me. Okay. And so S.A. Lauder hired me and I was like, oh, I'm really getting into make like skincare and makeup now. Like this is, this is it. This is like my niche. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like a tug of you need to learn how to do this. Okay. And so, and so um, it didn't work out with the, with the guy. So <laughs> I was like, freak, I got to get back home. Because North Carolina was not it. It was right. just, just not it. So December, I told the belts, um, the essay lord out there, I was like, listen, I need to get back home. And they're like, well, there's a position open on Fifth Avenue at the Lord and Taylor's location. You could be a freelancer. And we have a position for you because the amount of money I brought in in sales at the North Carolina location was the same amount of money someone would bring from in, within three months. I bought like six months worth of money mm-hmm. within three months. So they were like, we need to keep you. We have a position for you in, in Lord and Taylor's. And so once you get home, we'll make sure that you're, we'll make sure you're good. So I packed my stuff. I shipped everything back to my grandmother's house. I moved back into my grandmother's house and I went to Lord and Taylor's and I was a freelancer for Estee Lord at Lord and Taylor's. And Doing I would makeup? travel doing makeup and skincare, like helping them sell and just holding down the beauty experts that were, that were working at the location. So you basically so I, was like doing sales, not really makeup or, you know. Yeah. Cause it wasn't really, it wasn't really about makeup with Lauder. It's more about just sales, mm-hmm. but they have makeup there. So it was really like learning about how to apply and just working with a different kind of crowd. Like, so I learned how to work with, with, with white women. I learned how to w- work with Asian women. I learned how to work with, you know, because Estee Lauder's brand is, you know, it's it, at that time, it was not as diverse. So it was, like, mm. better for me to learn how to work with, work with all women of color, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more diverse, I mean. So I was able to work with a wide range of women 
rather than just a small range of women. Right. And so, um, and so I started freelancing and I was doing so well as a freelancer that they offered me a full-time position at the Lord and Taylor's on fifth Avenue. And I took it and, um, I started my career. They were like, you need to bring in $250,000 in sales and build a, a, a tight clientele. And I was like, well, I don't even know how to do that. Um, but okay, I'm gonna make it happen. And within that year, I made $350,000 in sales. How did you, yeah. how did you make it happen? I went out there and I got it. Like I <laughs> pulled clients in. I I had the president and CEO of Prospect Park Prospect Park as a client and Miss Emily Lloyd. I don't know if she's she's no longer there anymore, but How did you she meet was her? Bit, she was walking through Lord and Taylor's and I just stopped and stopped her and we had a conversation and she liked me. Wow. And every and every month she purchased like maybe like about $5,000 worth of product for me. Wow. So it was just building clients, building a relationship with clients, letting them know that I appreciate them. Um, so basically, S.A. Lauder was teaching me what I needed to learn as a, as with my career where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And so after the year, I received an award from Lauder. We had dinner with the Lauders because the whole team, as one, we made $2 million, um, with the counter for the first time in history wow. that Lauder and Taylor has been open. So they took us out to dinner. They celebrated us. We received awards. Um, and then I was like, all right, it's time to move on. Oh. And wh- so I was, yeah. Why, what what um, gave you that itch, you know? You, you um, know. I was like, oh, well, I was more like, it's time to move on because I need to learn how to become a better makeup artist. Oh. I had a nudge in my, in my, I had a nudge in me that was like, you need to learn how to do this now. Okay. You know, skincare now, you know how to, you know how to sell and you know how to, you know, skincare. Mm-hmm. So you need to leave leave these clients behind because wow. none of the client none of these clients were leaving leaving with me to go to like Mac or anything like that because th- these were not Mac women they were Estee Lauder women right right so I had to take I I remember walking one February cold day to Mac on um in Henry Bendel mm-hmm. and I went there and I told that I told the um the manager there, I said, I, you should hire me. And he was like, why? And I said, I told him the entire history of Mac and how I knew about it and how I, you know, I'm the go, you know, I should be the go-to makeup artist for their, you know, for their clients. And, and I'll bring what I'll bring to the table as a teammate. And um, maybe about like two months later, they finally hired me. Okay. So you just randomly walked up to this dude and said, you need to I was hire like, me. I want to work here this is the place for me to be. You guys need me on your team and I want to be here. And then maybe a month later, I had a full interview with the manager mm-hmm. of the store. And then after that, maybe a month after that, they fully hired me. Right. And once they fully hired me, um, I went from making like 80,000 a year to making only $20,000 a year. Wow, because you're not doing sales anymore. You were just um, it, doing there, there were sales there, yeah, but there were sales there, but I was also part-time. Mm. So I was, and I was making less money. So I wasn't making as much money as I was with Lauder. Uh-huh. So I basically took a huge uh, loss. Yeah. But it was also sacrifice. Right. Did you, so see, Max, it, do you see it as a sacrifice then? Yes, um, I did. Okay. I knew it was a sacrifice. And at that time, I, was, I just got my first apartment. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? It was a struggle. But I knew I had a plan. And I basically, the plan was, um, the plan was to be, 
the like to to go to fashion week the plan was to get all my certifications make it to fashion week mm-hmm. and and grow a client a new clientele and get out all right oh get out of um, get out of there so okay. i wasn't because because the one thing i noticed about a lot of people that worked at mac was that they always seemed to get comfortable mm. and so i said I, I i remember feeling like i cannot get comfortable here mm-hmm. do you and, have a timeline um, for your plan I had a timeline at that time. Yes. I had a timeline like this is it. And it's going to be like maybe two and a half years. And I literally, I think I quit two years to the date that I got hired. Oh, okay. So less yeah. than two and a half years. Yeah. Kind of, I think it was like two and a half or right. maybe two. Um, so that happened. I had, and, and from working at Mac, I closed down the Henry Bendel location Worked at Times Square for about a year and then opened the Fifth Avenue location um, that's there now on like Fifth and like 50 something and Fifth and 54th. And, um, you know, built my clientele where I had Bad Boy as a client. Um, I had Mickey Taylor walked in to Times Square and walked past everybody and said, You, you're wow. going to do my makeup. Why did she want you? you up? She, I don't know. She literally was, she literally. And she told tells me this to this day. She was like, because I saw it in you. I knew that you were going to be somebody. I knew that you were going to be one of the go-to makeup artists. And I wanted you to touch my face. I didn't want anyone else but you to touch my face. Wow. And um and and I remember that day like it was like it was yesterday. And I was standing there and I was like, You want me to do your face? And I'm like, You're Mickey Taylor. Right. You know? Right. So from there I grew so many like I, I met so many different people that wanted to help me and wanted to see me grow and basically pushed me. And I was like, I'm going to do photo shoots. I'm going to do as much things as possible. And then the career and the journey started. I mean, and there were a few road bumps in between, I, you know, I survived domestic violence in between that and mm-hmm. had to go back to work. Um, you know, literally the next day after experiencing it because wow. I, I was working part time. Yeah. And being pregnant at the same time. And, Whoa, yeah, I was pregnant at the same time when I had, when I, um, when I, when I got into a, into a fight with my ex and, um, and then lying to my, you know, to people around me and letting them think that I was, uh, that I lost the child because I was so ashamed. And then I had an abortion and, um, it's to a point where I literally took that shame out, like that shame has left me and I'm literally like open about it. Like, yeah, I had a freaking abortion at four months pregnant and i was not trying to have a baby for a crazy a crazy dude that tried to kill me (laughs) yes i was not going to do it and um so i there was a few bumps in the road but i kept going and i kept pursuing it a few there was a lot of bumps in the road how did you uh you said you were you went to work the next day was there any visible marks on your face or was there there were visible marks on my body yeah um but i covered up Mm -hmm. i covered up my body um not on my face Mm-hmm. Um, he did not really get my face. I did have like probably like it's been such a long time. I um I did have like marks on my neck, um, but I covered it up with makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still visibly pregnant. Wow. And um during that time I had to learn how to heal all while being at retail and working on a retail floor 
where people that don't really give a fuck about what you're doing, like they don't right. care about what yeah, you're going see, through, go what you're dealing with, regardless and, of what happened. And even the managers don't care about what you're dealing with because they didn't show me any compassion for right. what I went through. How did you no do it? Compassion. How, did, how did you? I I don't even. It's God. It, when I look back at it now, I didn't know God like that, like how I know Him to this day. Mm-hmm. But there's no other reason why I did not kill my, like I didn't commit suicide. There's no, there's no other reason why I didn't give up on life or give up on, on my dreams or give up on anything but God. Like it had to have been all God to be like, come on, let's go. Mm -hmm. Like when, even when I was lacking in money, he always provided. I was wondering how the hell you paid your rent off $20,000 a year in New York. (laughs) I, I, well, at that time I was paying like $800 in rent. Um, no, I was paying like 600 or uh, eight, like, I was living in um on Northstone and Kings Highway, so it wasn't like prime oh, okay. yet. So I was paying like nothing for rent, but that apartment was like far was out there. The it was very far. It was beautiful. It had a really great view, but it was also like infested with. It was just not a good. It was not a healthy situation. I had hmm. to get up out of there, and so I got out of that apartment, moved to Bedside room roommate with I was rooming with some with this older woman and she it it was not a healthy situation um three months in God provided my first ever like clean beautiful apartment in bedside what was what was wrong um, with the old old lady uh she was I don't want to talk about her she was just a little you know crazy crazy. a little off yeah but um um and I um Moved See. into my first apartment, and when I moved into my into my like not my first apartment, into my second apartment, I moved into this apartment in Bed Stuy, and that's where I stationed. And that apartment, I was paying like eight fifty in rent, mm-hmm. and you know, I remember like not having the money to put down for the rent, and I was literally like, I was like, God, I got two weeks to put down twenty five twenty seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. and give this money, and literally that twenty seven hundred dollars popped out of nowhere. <laughs> really, um, out of nowhere, <laughs> like. You did some extra hours or something? I did some extra hours. I um I told clients that I, you know, like I, I had a rate going on. Like, hey, I need some, you know, I, I need to get booked. Mm-hmm. Whatever jobs they had, I did it and um, saved my money. And, and then I was there for five years. And it was, and that was the birth of like, of me really going hard. And, and, and after le- leaving Mac. I decided to leave Mac after two and a half, maybe two, two and a half years and take up freelancing full time completely. And I was broke. Like it was not a, it was not fun because at that time, nobody really wanted to pay for makeup. Right. They barely wanted to pay me $150. Right. But I, I made it happen and I made it work. I was hustling every single day. Um, how did you make Insta- it, you know, give me an example of how you made it work, you know, in terms of. Well, that's when Instagram first came out too. So like at that time I was like, pushing Instagram, like pushing my, like talking about like my journey, talking about the things that I've experienced, posting, not even knowing like about these types about marketing myself, but literally just posting, keeping in touch with the clients that I built, letting them know that I'm available for work and mm-hmm. reaching out to them and making sure I'm building relationships and, 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 and letting them know that I want to work. And it was just like always handed like, okay, we got this coming up. We got this coming up. Lock that in, lock that in, lock that in. And so I um I grew from there and then So I Instagram was the, the only platform you pretty much used to build your brand and you know yeah, engage your clients. It was 
Um, yeah, just Instagram and also like just basically becoming the Kamara A unique of like a beauty expert and and mastermind mm. before it was like I was like I have to basically be an expert at this and I have to show and prove that I'm an expert at this so anytime I was working fashion week I was like take a picture of me doing this so I could show like I work fashion week mm-hmm. boom this is what I do and then I became that artist that everyone a lot of people wanted to work with mm-hmm. and and I may have not been that the best artist, <laughs> but I um, but I grew from there, and um, and you know, like my first big client was June. How do yeah. you link up with her? Um, Portia, this makeup artist Portia, she called me. Portia was also my um, Portia was also my manager at um. Mac mm-hmm. and Portia was like, Hey, I got a really great opportunity for you. And this is why I say to artists, like, be careful how you treat people because you like a lot of people are growing in this industry and you never know who could take you with them and who could like be like, Nope. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Portia gave me that opportunity and was like, Can you meet me at June Ambrose's house at 3 a.m.? And I was like, I'll be 3 there. And I got, well, it was at 4 a.m. I had to meet Portia, I got there at 3 a.m. Wow. <laughs> Because wow. I was so scared to be late, I was so scared, right. and I remember the I remember the first time I sat alone with June doing her makeup. I was so scared. Right. I was so scared and not knowing. Where did she the live, story, by the way? I can never share that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was saying that she lived Harlem. Okay, I got you. No, I can't share that. She'll kill me. Um. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Respect yeah, I that. Respect that. Yeah, but um. You said you were scared um, doing her makeup and. Yeah, I was scared to do her makeup. But the funny thing is, when I was working at Lord & Taylor's, um, June was coming. I was leaving, getting out of the elevator, and she was walking into it. And I was like, oh, my God, you're June Ambrose. And she was like, yes, I am. And I was like, I'm a makeup <laughs> wow. artist. I was like, I'm a makeup artist. And she was like, hi, nice to meet you. And I was like, well, I'm going to be doing your makeup one day. And she wow. was like, well, darling. And she said, well, darling, you know I only work with the best. And I said, I know that. And I'm just letting you know that one day I'll be doing your makeup. And wow. she was like, well, well, let's see. And I remember calling my girlfriend, like, I just met June Ambrose. And I told her I'm going to be doing her makeup. And watch, I'm going to do her makeup. And my friend was like, you sure? Yeah, you sure are. You sure are. And literally, maybe like three years down the road, I'm doing June's makeup. Wow. Did you share that story with her? Yeah, of course. Did yeah. she remember? I have the selfie still. I have the picture still that we took. Did that was she like, remember so, when right you told before. her the story? She, I mean, June meets so many people, right. so I'm sure that she is. It's not something that's gonna click right there and then. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I look super different from you know my hair was super short when we met. So oh, I got I you. I'm not sure if she'll remember that, but she was like, I, she remembered that picture when mm-hmm. I showed it to her, and I still have the picture. So right. yeah, I've had, I've had, you know, it's, my career has been all about manifesting. Like I've manifested the career that I want. I've spoken it into existence. I've said the things that I'm going to be. Um, and I think that we, we need to understand that we create what we speak mm-hmm. and the things that we say out loud. And if we speak negative about things and if we, pro- that's what we project out there. If we speak, like, I remember saying things like, oh, no one, you know, like, you know, years ago I would say, oh, nobody likes me. That person doesn't like me. And then it, it turned into the point where 
people started not liking me, mm. <laughs> you know, and I had to. And then when I learned when I found God and I learned about like you create what you speak, mm-hmm. I literally started changing my thoughts and th- changing my actions. I removed myself from crowds. I took time to be by myself and really learn about myself and learn about Kamara and com- who Kamara the artist is. And that's where I'm at today now. Right. Back to something about yeah. manifesting. It's like some people mm-hmm. like, speak into existence. Did you actually believe everything you said, you, you know, you put out there in the universe? Did you actually believe it or mm-hmm. you just put it out there? You know? No, I believed it. I believed it. I was like, I'm going to be the go-to makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And I believed it. Okay, so yeah. besides June Ambrose, you have like a a lot of other celebrity clients like Ava mm-hmm. Duvernay, Duvernay, uh, Duvernay, Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you know, um, you know, Candy Burris? How did you get those clients? Um, those those were all like I said, um, referrals. Oh, nice. So those were also like. Uh, maybe the hairstylist was like, hey, you should work with this person because she's awesome. Or I was working also with agencies, a couple of agencies at that time too. So the agencies would put me on to certain people. Um, Angela Bassett, I met Miss Angela working. Um, one of my girlfriends, um, Camilla Forbes, who is the producer, executive producer at the Apollo Theater. Um, she always makes sure she books she books me for anything that goes on with the Apollo. And she right. did like a whole production for the Apollo. And Angela Bassett was, um, was one of the stars for that show. And I was able to do Miss Angela's makeup that fun, that one time. And then the other day, I, like not the other day, but like a few months ago, I received a text message like, Hey, Kamara, um, are you, is this your number? And I'm like, uh, who's this? And I'm like, I know this is Angela Bassett. I know oh, did this you? is Angela Bassett. I, I felt it in my gut that it was her. And I see the dots, you know, when you're waiting for the iMessage to come through and you wait in and I'm like, oh my God, this is Angela Bassett. And she yeah. said, how, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. It's Miss Angela Bassett. And I threw my phone screaming like, wow. oh my God, you know? <laughs> wow. And then I remember she, she was like, I want to work with you. And like, I'm doing these things in New York. I'll be in New York. And we've been, you know, I'll work with her when she comes to New York sometimes. And um, it's, you know, she has her artists that she, that she trusts. And mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be on that list right. of artists that she right. trusts. Yeah, um, Ava DuVernay was a that was a recommendation from Nisi Nash because Miss Nisi, um, rec- I worked with Nisi for a few a few times, and Nisi, you know, thought that me and Ava would be a really good fit for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's always like a, it's always like a like oh hey I know this person will be great. It's 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 really about how you treat people and how you make people feel. And then they'll they'll also say like, hey, my friend is looking for someone, and their friend always winds up being somebody that's like, oh shoot. Like I worked with Cicely Tyson, and that was off of that was because um, the makeup artist Renee Garns, who's Naomi Campbell's makeup artist, was like, Kamara, I want you to go to Florida to work this. Um, wow. To to go, you know, can you go to Florida for for me? I'm not, I'm unable to go, and I have a job out here, but I know that you can take good care of my client, and she owns her client runs this big conference that goes on in Florida and I I went out there and I was able to touch Cicely Tyson's face and Cicely Tyson said to me you have aggressive hands whoa and I said what does that mean and I said I said I said oh my god am I being rough am I am I not being soft because I know that she's a 90 something year old woman so I'm like am I am I hurting you and she says no my love you're doing the exact opposite of that 
you have, when I say you have aggressive hands, it means that your hands move like you know what you're doing. Wow. And I like that. Wow. Your hands, you move like you know what you're doing. You move like an expert. And mm. I like that. I will never forget you. Wow. That's amazing. So, I, I mean, you building all these relationships. Um, what is it about you that make these people trust you and, you know, want to recommend you? Uh, you know, it's funny because I was randomly partying with somebody in a club and she told me, you know, she wanted to be a makeup artist. And I say, oh, my homegirl, Kamar, she's doing her thing as a makeup artist. Oh, my God, I love her. I follow her on Instagram. I love her. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, to these, you know, make people that want to be where you are right now, what is it about, you know, how you deal with these clients that made them trust you and want to recommend you because that's a big freaking deal that just don't happen to any anybody it's an honor it's an honor um i'll be honest like there's like when i first started my career like when i was first starting like as a celebrity i guess they call it like celebrity makeup artist i was not humble i thought i was the shit um Mm -hmm. god humbled me he removed how i found god was that he removed all of the clients that i had wow like literally oh what happened yeah share that story girl (laughs) Well, that's so. It's a little. It's a. It, I'll, I'll share a little bit of it. But, a little um, bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little. A little bit of it because it, it's a little. Not everybody could could handle how it hap- What happened to me? But um, but um, the story is basically um from December, like November two thousand. What are we in? We're in seven. We're in nineteen now. So so seventeen. This happened. Sixteen. The beginning of the ending of two thousand sixteen into two thousand seventeen. I started noticing that. I was no longer being booked mm-hmm. by people. Like they would hit me up and say, "Hey, are you available?" And then they'll hit me back and say, "Hey, we decided to go with someone else." Mm. And ooh, and you know, as a Leo, my ego was like, "Oh, oh man!" And, and 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 every day, and and like almost, and it every kept on happening. Week, it kept happening. The only client I had that was allowing me to pay my rent <laughs> was Lisa Price. Wow. And I'm I'm grateful for Lisa. That's like, that's my, she's my number one, you know, the only, and and at that time, I think June was not really doing too much with, um, with red carpets and stuff. Cause she was like with, I think it was J and B were on tour. It was like a lot of, a lot of things that was going on with J and B at the moment too. So she wasn't really working like that with her own personal stuff. So I literally was only making money off of like working with Lisa Price. Mm. So that's how I made my rent. So it was a lot of like, Fast. It was not even fasting. It was a lot of because uh, I didn't know what fasting was at that time. It was a lot of like cooking and um, cooking um, cup of noodles and trying to make it into like shrimp and noodles and things <laughs> wow. like that. Like it was broke season for me. And so I I um, called a girlfriend. She fasted. She taught me about God. Taught me about you know a whole other things happened before that. But um, I won't get in too deep into it because it could. It's, could take some time mm-hmm. but i found god through um a girlfriend who you know god saved my life because i was going going into a, another direction to to seek him and just to find out what was happening and, and he sent this girl and i she taught me how to pray she taught me how to fast she taught me how to how to understand god and how to hear him and how to understand him and how to speak to him and how to because you know i was raised catholic so i don't think we like go deep into god the mm-hmm. way as the christians as we do right. um and so i was I, I learned how to go deep with god and how to figure out what was going on and what's happening and literally 
indulged myself with church. I remember I was being, I was so broke in 2017 from like, I became vegan because I couldn't afford to really eat meat anymore. But I also didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I'm laughing. That's the reason you became vegan? No, not really. I, I became, I also became vegan because I didn't have a craving for meat. After the fast, I fasted for four, I, I fasted for four days with no food. Mm-hmm. So once I did four days with no food, I basically didn't have a craving for food or meat or mm. like I didn't have like my, my whole body reset after mm. that. And so, um, and so that's when I basically started, I, I could, I could even tell my, my grandmother could vouch for me. I remember calling my grandmother and walking home from church every single day. Cause I was in church every single day because wow. I was like, what is happening to my life right now? Like, do I have to go find a job? And God was like, I need you to trust me. Mm. And literally that's when I, I got signed to my agency mm-hmm. and then things just started coming. Boom. Then the next thing started coming. Boom. Then the next, it, like, it just started like, it was like provision, 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 wow. like all the sacrifice and everything. Like that's when my career really went shoot right over. And there's times when I get, when, when I, when he has to humble me again, I feel like I'm in that position right now mm-hmm. where he's like, humble yourself. And I'm right. like, all right, right you right. know, this, this is a hungry moment now. Okay. But I'm gonna humble myself, you know? Um, but, it's, but he, he always provides for me, like even from where I live now to like the inspiration he gives me and he, you know, that's when I created Ode to Beauty mm-hmm. when I was after the fast, because he gave me, he literally oh, downloaded the dope. idea. Yeah. Dope. He literally downloaded the idea in my head. And I remember calling those women. I called, um, Michaela, Angela Davis, Lisa, Simone Mizek, all these women. I was like, come to my house. I'm going to do your makeup. You're going to go upstairs to Justin. Justin is going to shoot it. And we're going to do, I'm, I'm creating this thing called Ode to Beauty. I don't know what, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm just, I just need you to trust me. And they all were like, all right, I'm coming. Wow. And that's why I tell these artists, I tell a lot of artists, like when you're feeling stuck, get silent mm. and get quiet and mm. then create your own, create your own stuff, mm. create your own ish create your own things like stop watching what other people are doing and and beating yourself up and thinking like oh well oh this is just another makeover show or this is just another this show create your own niche because whatever you do and and to this day people still stop me like Carlene ba- Car- Carlene Balin um Jay's old assist um her I don't know if he's still she's still his assistant she was like why haven't you completed Ode to Beauty you need to continue doing it Kim Blackwell said it to me i know you you did ode to beauty you wow did that beauty. i mean that was kind of hot i was at i was at your <laughs> opening it was dope yeah it was really and dope. i need to do it again and i literally just lost the passion for it because i was like it's just so many things that i was dealing with at the time so it's like get clear get your mind right get your spirit right and then do what you have to do and, and follow through finish everything and mm. tell yourself that you are a finisher and i literally have to wake up every morning and say to myself you are a finisher kamara you complete things you don't you don't you don't sit around and watch things go by and you don't watch your your dreams go by that's not who you are right. and i and then i i put myself on a schedule because my leak i read something that my leak does where she put herself on a google schedule and i was like i'm gonna learn how to do a google schedule i don't know how to do i'm not the, the, the most tech savvy and I created a Google schedule where I, it wakes me up at this time. I'm up at six o'clock in the morning and I pray. I, I read my Bible. And then after that, I um, meditate on um, 
Catherine Ponder on on how to on on prosperity and living prosperous. I, I I'm on a budget right now where I'm like, okay, let me call my uh, accountant and tell him I'm spending way too much money. Then I'm like, I need to chill, and you need to put me on a on a on a on a budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And. And so now I'm literally humbling myself before God goes ahead and does it. Like, <laughs> you need to do this. Do so this yourself humbling, before God gets you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm humbling myself. I'm being obedient to what he's saying to me to do. And I'm like, okay, what's next? What do you want me to like Now you control this. What do you, where do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. And he then has, I, has he and, answered your priors in terms of what's next for you? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to have, I have to have a meeting with him. I call God my CEO. <laughs> Nice. So even so, if like like even with the lash line, you know, um, I don't call myself the CEO of my lash line. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. the founder of it. Um, but he's the CEO of the of the brand. And so basically, are you talking about your make, eyelash? My eyelash line, yes. Awesome. He basically he basically told me for the month for the year of 2019. He says this is the year you need to do everything that scares you. Mm. And so I, I, I haven't been doing well, that as an entrepreneur though. Like, you know, I have, I actually have the last line is growing. Um, I'm putting myself in rooms that I never thought he's putting me around mentors that I have in my life that are like multimillionaires and, and are teaching me things that I never knew. Um, I have a wonderful, wonderful friendship. Um, and I have a really, really, really great, great relationship with God. And I found my church home finally mm-hmm. that I'm proud of. And I'm like, I'm growing like as a woman, I've learned my, about being more feminine. Um, I'm learning more about loving on myself and mm. I'm learning how to love others better. Mm. I'm learning, like I've learned so much about myself, like even loving others was something that scared me. So it's just so many things that I learned about myself as a woman that this past year that I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like God have a lot in store for you, girl. Yeah. He has a lot in store for all of us. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be great. You know, mm-hmm. we just got to believe that and, and, and trust it and make moves mm-hmm. and seek him. You know, like my job is to bring people closer to him and my, like, that is what I'm supposed to do. I learned, you know, I looked up, there's this young lady named Tiffany Montgomery. And she said, if you want to know your, your, your um, purpose, look up the meaning of your name. And mm. I said, let me do that. And Kamara means the teacher, a okay. unique, which a unique, which is my real name um, means different. Mm-hmm. Um, Janine, my other middle name means God's gracious. And then help means that I help others with my network and my knowledge. So I help people become their best self with my, with my network and their knowledge. And it's everything that I do. I'm, I'm actually really living in my purpose. Like I love putting on others to jobs. Like I wasn't able to do an essence shoot the other day. And I, and I said, you know what, this young lady would be really, really good for this. And this could possibly open a door for her to do great things. She had a and well. she's like, yeah, you know, like I don't need to hold on to things anymore. I don't need right. to like, you know, like I like helping others and seeing them and be great, you know? Right. And um and it feels really good to be able to do that for others. Right. It feels really great. Um I'm looking at your motto on your bio and it says, "I want to be to young people who I needed growing up." Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's what you 
that's who you are right now to young people? I absolutely do. I'm on the I'm I joined the board of the YMCA, you know, like wow. where I'm yeah, you know, like I was like, all right, what is what could it, what could I do that's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And um how could I give back as a makeup artist? Like how could I give back? And with the YMCA, I was able to I'm able to like touch the youth that, that attend that, you know, attend the Y in McBurney location um, on 14th street. And, and I'm able to like sit at tables with people that I've never, I would have never met before. And, and I'm, I'm able to put my input in as someone who couldn't afford to go to the YMCA. How could we help people that cannot afford? How can we make change? How can we bring something different? How could we, how can we make it more accessible to people like me that mm-hmm. came from the hood? You know, like how can we make it more accessible? And, and I feel like that's the things that we need to do is like, we all want to be famous. We all want to be, Everybody, everybody wants to be something they're not, mm. but you're not. And, and, and then when you're given the opportunity, you don't give it back. Mm. And so you don't pay it forward, huh? You don't pay it forward. And so I'm like, I, yeah, I pay it forward, but artists and everything. But but the real people we need to touch is the youth. Mm. Agreed. Because that's our that's that, that's that's our future. You know, that's our future presidents. That's our future, you know, senators. That's our future everything. So we need to love on them and let them know that they're that they're supported. We need to love on them and let them know that they're amazing, that they're great, that they're wonderful. There's so many people with high platforms and and it's like a you can't sit with us kind of thing. And I'm like, nah, because I'm sitting with millionaires that have drivers right, <laughs> and right. that come that come pick me up and drop me home or or millionaires that's sitting at their own table and in one of the biggest restaurant chains five-star restaurant chains and they're the most humble mm. and gracious people that I've ever met right. and it's and literally I'm like nah there's gotta be a different way there's got to be something different. So how could I be that person? Right. How could I be, you know, so I'm going in another direction. I'm going to mm. remove myself from all the influencers and all the, the you know, I'm going to remove myself from the clicks and everything. And I'm going to create my own shit. Right. All right. All right. Man. Five to 10 years. What do you see? yourself? <sighs> what do you see? Married. A happy wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> a happy loved wife uh, with a wonderful husband that is um, a go-getter just like me, and we're building a bomb empire that is hashtag goals. Um, mm-hmm. I see us having multiple properties all over the um, all over the state. I see us with some with some I see myself with some children in five to ten years. I see myself with some beautiful babies okay. and I see myself being so financially stable and and um and so successful in what I'm doing in my career and in my um my love life and everything that I'm like able to like I'm building a legacy that is that my children and my children's children and my children's children is going, they're going to be able to reap the benefits of it and not have to work as hard, but also know what the benefits of working of hard work brings. Oh, that's dope. Um, that's dope. So yeah, you know, you're manifesting that. that, right? You know, you're putting that out there in the universe, <laughs> so you know, it's going to happen. Amen. And, and covered in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But have church but up yes, in here. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. And I'm, and I'm excited and I'm ready. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm even more excited to see what God got planned, like what he want to do too. Cause I'm like, 
I know that this is what's going to happen, but but I feel like it's going to be much bigger than this. Um, I feel like you and I will be doing another podcast interview in the next couple of years, too. Oh, <laughs> Just so like, <laughs> put it out there, girl. I love it. So, you know? Yo, um, question. Yeah. I, I, this is a, this is a, you said something, you know, I'm waiting for what God has planned. How do you differentiate what God has planned for you versus what you want to do? I think that's a lot of, that's a struggle for a lot of people. Um, you know what? <laughs> That's a funny thing. We have to learn how to remove the flesh. Because what I've learned about myself, when when I like even with relationships and dating, I had to have a conversation with God and say, "Listen, God, obviously I'm not really that good at making these choices. So mm. this is what I got for you. I'm gonna let you make the choices. I'm gonna let you, you handle. You just I, I surrender. It's surrender. It's mm. literally just just when you've been beaten, broken, and multiple times, like, I've been hurt. Mm. Um, I think it's, I think when you feel that way and when you're, like, finally at a point where you're, like, on your knees mm. and you're close to tears mm. and you're just, like, I don't want to do this anymore alone. Mm. And not meaning with another person. I'm meaning, like, God, I cannot do this without you. He's mm. taken me there a couple, of, a few times I've mm. been there where I'm, like, God, I cannot do any of these things without you. And I need you right now. And when you feel that release of that stress removed from your shoulders and mm. you can stand up straighter and then you realize um, the like who you're being introduced to and who you meet and or, or the people you just sit next to on the plane and strike up a conversation with, everything is going in the direction that you already had imagined for yourself, then it's like, oh, this is how it feels when you're in control, God. Mm. Okay, let me continue. Right. Let me go back and do this. Cause even though right now it may not be, I may not be doing as like in my mind, I could be busier, mm -hmm. but I know he's preparing me for something a little different. So he's like, tell him, I need you to take some rest, mm. rest mm. up. And, and, and it's hard because it's like, everybody's being productive. Why do I got to rest? Right. Like, because I need you to rest right now. So I literally, I have these conversations with, with God. Like I literally be like, really? Okay, cool. Dad. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, you got it. So this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. All right, let's do what it. We're doing. All right, cool. And, and, <laughs> and when you move in that whole, okay, cool. When you move with like that with God and you like, all right, cool. Right. All right, that's what you want? Okay, cool. The, yo, when I tell you your life multiplies by a thousand in, in the, for the better, and mm. even though you may have a little couple of hiccups, you could just drink some water and get rid of the hiccups. Wow. That's dope. You know? That's dope. Yeah, God is awesome. All right, so my last question, because I know we've been on the phone, I mean, on I know. for a while, and I, I've, yeah. I really enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed it, too. For those mm -hmm. looking to follow their dreams and passion, what's, like, the one big advice you would recommend for them to Just do? Just do it. Just do it. All Don't right. watch what other people, like, this is the one thing I say in every interview I, I do. Do not watch what I'm doing. Don't watch what another person is doing. I've been doing this for you. Of going on 10 years wow. maybe more maybe more you know so my where I'm at in my career compared to where you are in your career is, is just two different things learn how to get silent mm. 
and and don't prey on other people's clients and and wish for it because what because what someone else may have it, it, the grass is not always as green as it as it looks. Mm. Um, and um, and do what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you're called to do. Have a conversation with 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 God and find out what you're called to do. And He will always answer you that what you're called to do. And then do it with a vengeance. Like go hard with it. Wow. Go hard with it. Wow. Go hard with everything that you that you know that you're supposed to do and fight for what you want and fight for what you need and fight for what you know you're like the change that you're supposed to bring. Go and like don't take no for an answer. And if and if there and I feel like for me, no means a yes with someone else. Mm. Listen, I'm not gonna. I could ask you so much questions because <laughs> you open up so many can of worms. I, I learned so much about you within the last uh, 48 minutes, <laughs> and I could ask you so much questions. But I know, I know. We'll, like you said, we'll do this another podcast in the next couple of years or sooner. Yeah. Because I I, yeah. I, I definitely feel like we're gonna have a lot more to talk about. So thank you for sharing oh, your journey. You. I think it's an amazing one. I think it's an inspirational one. And I think it'll, it'll impact a lot of people who listen to this. So thanks. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for trusting me with this. Thank you, Kelsey. I appreciate you. All right, girl. Appreciate you too. All right. Bye-bye. All right, honey. Thank you all for tuning into Reverse Ambition Podcast. It is really a pleasure sharing these amazing journeys with you. It may take some time for you to find your purpose and realize your dreams or for your purpose and dreams to find you. When it happens, don't be afraid to pursue them. Be more afraid if you don't. Trust God, trust your journey, and most important, trust yourself and it will all work out. Until next time, I am Kelsa Cooper, The Social Broker. Thanks again for listening.